Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. As I've told him, when, when I coach Heinrich, I'm not coaching him for right now. I'm coaching him for like next year and the year after. Not that we're not trying to win right now, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. We're going to address everything as it comes, and we're going to push him through because I think he's a winner. I think he's tough, and I think he's learning on the job. And I think he, you know, he didn't play for a couple of years, and so he's catching up. He just, you know, it'd be one thing if we were sitting here at like two and six and two and seven and no one was paying attention and you can kind of make mistakes here the games are all in the balance and everyone's watching right and so over the years I've always found freshmen tell me they want to play and then all of a sudden every game's tight and every game's close and they don't quite want to play anymore you know it's like oh, coach there's a lot of pressure here let me let me redshirt and get to the next year Heinrich wants to play and he wants to compete and so um we, we we try to we try to go through everything. I mean, even to get back in the game, the throw to Malachi and some of the throws he made were unbelievable, right? Um, you know, the one to Fedoni is just a little bit high. If that ball's just a little bit lower, then Fedoni catches that ball. So uh, just always working with Heinrich on his accuracy. We're asking him to do a lot of things. You know, we're asking him to drop back and throw it, play action and throw it, run the option. Um, he's uh, he's he's battling for his teammates. So I, as I said, I have the ultimate respect for him and the way he goes about his business. And he's learning on the job. Um, as we all are right now. We're wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. Along with Twitter and YouTube on Herd at Sports. You can give us a follow along there as well. We're brought to you by our friends at Dingman's Collision Center. Dingman's has four great Omaha area locations and they've been family-owned and operated in Omaha for over 25 years, the last 18 of which and running are, they've been voted first place best of Omaha uh, because of their quality and service. They can work on any make and model because they invest in the latest technology. They also invest in the community with their give back program. Make sure you go to dingmans.com to learn more about that. Uh, kind of continuing on with our conversation. About By the way, if they were sitting at two and six right now, I think there'd be a lot of people, a lot of people, because he was saying that if they were sitting at two and six, they wouldn't, you know, they'd have a little bit more room for air. I think there'd be a lot of people that would notice that. Yeah, it's not that they wouldn't notice, Shane. It's just that there's a different type. You know, it's like what he talked about with the Iowa game last year. There's a different type of pressure when you're trying to achieve something that you haven't in a while, whereas, let's be honest, if Nebraska was 2-6 and this year, a lot more people would be checked out at this point in the season. Not that they wouldn't still be watching, but just from the last few years to now, and I get it's different with year one in a coach versus year four or five in a guy that you think is probably on the way out, but Nebraska fans are tired of watching their team Mm -hmm. lose that much. And but I the, know the vocal, the vocal, I mean, they would be so vocal about something needed to change if they were sitting at two and six. Well, I think I know what Ravi's like going at when he says people would be checked out. People would still be mad yes. that they're two and six. They would be mad that they're two and six, but they'd be less checked in on the nitty gritty of like, 
hey, Harburg is doing this wrong. or Compared to the other quarterback. Yeah, compare, and compared to, like, if you're well, – Because everybody was doing it wrong. Right, so yeah. That's if why. you're two and six, everybody's screwing up. It's just a bad football team. You're mad about it. It's not that they don't care when I say checked out, but they're not – analyzing like play by play like Harburg had this many interceptable passes and he should have had you know he, he had two interceptions he probably should have had four and all of these other things you get less of the nitty-gritty criticisms of a specific player and it's more oh gosh here we go again. and we've seen it at that and we do not want to see it that at that again so uh, so thank you for coach for getting the team up to where they're at right now but I think the pressure point is is, is really key because he he honed in on that of pressure in the game or of the game mm-hmm. and pressure of the position yes right so yeah. he kind of separated the two and wanting the pressure or, or accepting the pressure which I think you know, when we talk about Harburg versus the other quarterbacks, I don't think he said that on accident. I think that maybe is the difference of what we're looking at between a Chuba and a Harburg, or maybe between a Jeff Sims and a Harburg. Like, yeah, Jeff Sims has a lot of experience. I wouldn't say he was ever in a pressure situation at Georgia Tech in terms of, hey, we've got something on the table here. To on the lines. Where Harburg hasn't been in that situation either, but it sounds like he's embracing it in a way that Rule appreciates. You Maybe know, that was as much talking about talking to the other quarterbacks in the room as it was telling us about Harburg. Did Did you also notice too? Was it? It was either after the game or it was in the presser yesterday when Coach Rule had said, "Well, we got to remember that Harburg hasn't played in two years." Well, just I mean, it's true, right? Has and, not and played you know, a lot of football. I, I feel like that gets overlooked. Uh, when people uh, like see and you know really um, assess his play, mm-hmm. we tend to forget that he wasn't the starting, wasn't a, like playing quarterback. Yeah, just wasn't playing at all. Right, he just wasn't playing at all. And so he wasn't getting the reps that like game reps. And like he was getting practice reps, but then he shifted over to tight end a little bit, and then he was being like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to be like a dual purpose type of guy." But we forget that he doesn't. He he has never made 20 throws. Uh, in five or six games in a year. Like, yeah. he just doesn't do that at Nebraska because he's never had that opportunity. And now when he does get that opportunity, that's why I go back to the point of reserving judgment just a little bit. And if you listened, like, yes, the wound may still be fresh. You may look at his play and be like, gosh, that was ugly. And there's been a lot of points in the season where you can say that is not a good football quarterback. Mm-hmm. But remember, if you it, – yes, it's it, somebody will call it like, like riding a bike, um, but playing quarterback no, is – it's completely nah. different. Like, yes, you can still throw the football, yeah. but what you need to learn is the speed of the game when you're in the game. Especially when you haven't played Division One Power 5 quarterback before, which he really hadn't before this year. Um, and so that's why it's kind of like uh, I, I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. I know I've been hypercritical. Like, I know I have, but – Hearing from Coach yesterday, I'm willing to wipe the wound. I'm willing to put a bandage over the wound right now to see how he bounces back this week. See, my issue is it feels like it's been – the turnovers, at least, have been getting worse. It feels like some of the decision-making has gotten worse. The turnovers have certainly gotten worse because originally – that's the thing that we were okay with, even though it looked maybe a little bit clunky at times with Harburg early in, like, Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois, right? Is Well, he's not turning the ball over, right? So we can live with a little bit of clunkiness, mm-hmm. a little bit of learning curve because he's not turning the ball over. And then he was turning the ball over, but they were still winning. 
And so we're like, okay, we can live with the turnovers because they're not killing us. We're still winning the game. He's not putting us in these positions to lose games. And then we've got, okay, the decision-making has gotten worse in terms of where he's throwing the ball. The turnovers have gotten worse in terms of how often he's turning over the ball. And now you catch a loss as well. I think, to me, that's where this sort of breaking point's too aggressive, but kind of a turn in my mentality with Harburg because the thing that he was supposed to bring to the table was taking care of the football better than Jeff Sims. That's all we really wanted at the time. And that's no longer the case, right? And I don't know. We, we can't know if Jeff Sims would have won those games, if Chubba Purdy would have won those games the way Har- Harburg did. We have no idea, right? There's no way to know that. What I do know is you could put somebody else in there and they can turn it over just as many times as Heinrich Harburg does. Like, and listen, if you genuinely believe that Heinrich Harburg is the future quarterback of this program, I understand letting him go through these growing pains. I do. If you think, hey, I think this is our guy for the next couple years after this, let's ride with him a little bit, I totally get that. And I understand if you're like, hey, Jeff Sims, maybe not even coming back. Maybe he's going to redshirt this year because he's only played in three games so, or four games so far because uh, he had that one pl- random play um, earlier in the between after Harburg took over a starter. But, you know, you, you, you say, hey, maybe it's not Sims because he's going to want to grad transfer at the end of this year or whatever. Um, but maybe we should see what we have in Chubba Purdy because I don't think very many people would have thought that Harburg was the answer coming into the year long-term. I know they certainly didn't when he was going to start against Louisiana Tech, and I just wonder, hey, if, if, we're, if we're in a let's see what the future is mode here so we know what we have to attack in the transfer portal or in recruiting or whatever – then I think you need to know what you have in the room in general, not just in Heinrich Harburg. Because I'd have a hard time believing, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I have a hard time believing that Rule and Satterfield look at Harburg and say that guy is definitely our future. I, that's where I have a disconnect between mm-hmm. letting him ride through the mistakes and seeing what else you well, have. Well, I don't think they, I don't think they, would, they would say that. And Probably I don't think, not. I don't think they actually think that either, but they will say that they think he is the foreseeable future for this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. And you're, you're not – look, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Coach Rule is not the type of guy that's just going to sit with the people he has in his room. No, he's going to make sure the people that are in his room are the ones that want to be in the room, for one. But he's also going to make it a competition. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to hand you the reins and say, hey, this is your bus to lead, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is, this is a, a situation of a coach that's trying to build something, something fantastic. And the only way to build something is to not get stagnant with your options. Yeah. Playing to win, right? Yeah. And so because of that, he will attack the transfer portal. He will see what he gets out of development of some of the young guys that he recruited in the 2024 class and see what, what's in front of him. Harburg will have to compete for that position next year if he wants to play that position yeah. next year. But as of right now, I think what you can do is keep him in there as your starter, maybe give some alternative looks with Jeff Sims if you're really looking for more running plays than passing plays, if that's the direction you want to see them go, yeah. that's the direction I think the people want to see this go, where you're not throwing the football I am 30 times a game. I'm uncomfortable with them throwing 30 times a game with anybody on this roster. So He's the quarterback in Nebraska. It, I, I just really believe that, you know, you know it'll solve itself. Like the, the, Yes, you, you talk about decision-making, right? That's, that's why Harburg was there initially. Then decision-making got worse. Mm-hmm. 
but you'll overcome some bad starts. It's like being a pitcher, right? You may be the third best pitcher on your team. Like, remember Fott for, for the Diamondbacks? Mm-hmm. He had a horrible regular season. Like, his ERA was in the five sixes in the regular season. Sometimes that just happens. Mm-hmm. But as somebody that's young, you're learning through the uh, the speed of the game at that level, and then he got comfortable once he got into the playoffs. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Harburg, but you give him time, you give him enough starts, he'll get comfortable. Coming up next, we've got Matt DeMarinas from the White and Blue Review to talk about Creighton.